Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Brett Norsworthy of the Ole Miss pre- and post-game host out of Memphis. And Brett, really appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Glad to be with you guys. And yes, it's going to be a, a cold and crisp night Saturday night. But this game always lives up to a classic. And I wish both fan bases, both, both are equal, equally guilty of this, would appreciate. I didn't say like, would just appreciate what good games every year these two teams put on. It's almost like neither side will recognize the other one for doing anything well. But every year this game is, a, is pretty much the instant classic. Well, let me ask you that then. Why do you think that is? Why of all the games, of all the series, of all the teams in the SEC and in college football – why does Arkansas and Ole Miss always have crazy, wild, entertaining games? I, I think because it's a pretty fair fight, and familiarity breeds contempt. And the, the proximity, look, if this were golf, we know in college baseball both of these teams play in the championship flight. In college football, we're in the first flight. We're in the SEC, we're in the SEC West, because you, so you never go beneath that. But we're kind of a peer group, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and none of those teams want to recognize the other one is really being in their neighborhood, being in their peer group, being in their in in their flight. And and it's it's a fair fight. The the, the talent is never wildly one sided for one team or the other. And you see these close games the last fourteen years. That's how long I've been on the Ole Miss crew. It's seven for Arkansas. It's seven for Ole Miss. Both have been able to break the other one's heart. Last year, when Arkansas lined up for that two-point play, John, if they had made that two-point play in this series in 2015 and in 2021, we would have two games end in overtime at 53-52 because that was the score of the Hunter Henry Heath game. How would you evaluate Jackson Dart and his play this year? Uh, many people look at him and, and they don't, really think that he's as good or they don't want to give him his credit for being as good as he's been. He's really good rushing the ball, but he's kind of coming along in the passing game also. And good. That, and, and, and that's about it. It's very reminiscent of Matt Corral's first year in Lane Kiffin season. Maybe even be a little better on the interception front, but it's been good. And one of the things that has hurt Jackson Dart in the eyes of a lot of Ole Miss fans is that he's not Matt Corral. He's not yet. He hadn't been this year. He might be next year uh, with, with another year in this system. But he has been good. 15 touchdown passes, seven interceptions. Uh, you'd like the touchdown ratio maybe to be a smidge or two higher, and the interceptions maybe a little bit lower. That's what it is. The, the opening part of the schedule for Ole Miss this year was very conducive to him building some confidence and the offense coming along, and it has now in two of the last three games. Uh, got smoked at LSU and lost a heartbreaker last week to Bama in a game that Ole Miss played well, played really well. All my friends would ask me last week, you know, do you think we can win? I go, yeah, we played well. We played well and still lost. Yeah, the Ole Miss has been an interesting team, too, because it seemed like the very beginning part of their schedule was without a doubt kind of, and it just set up that way, uh, a lot less difficult than what the final part of their schedule has been. It was weak. Yeah, it was weak, weak, John. It was soft. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, let's say you throw a Kentucky in there, too. I mean, it's not too bad, but still, they were able to take care of business, at least in those games, and now it's getting a little bit more difficult, but just over... That's right. Yeah. And and when that that schedule came out, when that schedule came out, 
but that schedule was made. Georgia Tech had just won the Orange Bowl over Mississippi State. You know, we, we couldn't help it. Georgia Tech fell apart. Also, just two years ago, they were in the AAC championship game. And two years ago, had you know the big brawl, the COVID year, in the bowl game with Mississippi State. So you can't really help how some of those teams end up when you play them on game day. You know, was it Ole Miss's fault that Brian Harson completely disintegrated at Auburn? No. I mean, you take them as they come, you play them as they are, and you know, at this point, we're we're eight and two, and if and and, and I think it's going to be very difficult for Ole Miss to close with with two wins to close the season uh, on the road at Fayetteville. Only won twice in, in Reynolds Razorback Stadium since Arkansas joined the SEC. The last win, 2008, Houston Nuts' first year at Ole Miss. So that's problematic. And then you're the biggest rival next Thursday night in the really short week. But if Ole Miss did, if Ole Miss won both games and finished 10 and 2, that's back to back 10 and 2s. And I, I will say it in the, in the almost derisive way I know a lot of people say it and think it for Lane Kiffin. That's back-to-back 10-and-2s at Ole Miss. We know that. But you know where that would rank him in the SEC? Might finish the year rank 8th or ninth, but that would be good for SEC 5. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're ever wanting to trade uh, non-conference schedules with Arkansas, too, they kind of have the opposite thing where teams aren't very good when they schedule them, and then when they show up like this year with Cincinnati, with Liberty, with BYU, they end up uh, being a lot more quality. Yeah, yeah, so that's the next truth in your – and last year, we had Liberty in that same spot and barely escaped. I mean barely escaped. You know it was Hugh Freeze's Super Bowl. It was Hugh Freeze's Super Bowl, too, coming back to the state of Arkansas, where he knows a lot of people from his ASU days. And I, I was scared of that game for the Razorbacks all week and all day and thought at the end they were going to pull it out. Ole Miss got off to a little better start last year. John, you mentioned the, the Razorbacks' slow starts. Well, the Ole Miss has had really fast starts. It's the fourth quarter. It's kind of been getting Ole Miss this year. Ole Miss has a really good freshman running back, Quinshawn Judkins, and they have a good running game altogether. Has there been any kind of effort to get the running backs involved in the passing game? They have, and, and they're both, both both running backs, both Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans, have, have really good hands. But when you can run it like they can run it, why throw it? I, I mean, I, I'm an old-school run-the-football kind of guy. And, and Lane Kiffin, he is, too, far as new age as he is and as, and as zany as he, as he is. Think of his football pedigree. His football pedigree in that household with Coach, Coach Monty Kiffin. Well, Monty Kiffin knew what defenses had to stop. First and foremost, at War Memorial Stadium in 1979 when the Razorbacks upset Texas. 17 to 14, and he was Lou Holtz, the defensive coordinator. He knew he had to stop that Texas running game first, and and that's the old school that he came from. And and Lane Lane has has the five wides and likes to throw it around, but in his entire Ole Miss tenure, he has really been a run oriented coach with a lot of that run being the quarterback. Speaking with Brett Norsworthy, the Ole Miss pre- and uh, post-game show host on the radio side of things here on the Jones and Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Now, Brett, uh, I know that obviously they're focused on these games, they're focused on Arkansas and everything, but I just, I'm just i curious to know uh, your feelings on it because I've talked to a few other people I know at Ole Miss. It seems like everyone's kind of wondering about Lane, you know, wondering about will he leave after this year? Will he go for another job? Will, will he stay put? It's kind of this kind of cloud around 
the entire uh, situation there. But just what what are your thoughts on that and your confidence level that uh, Lane will be the head coach of Ole Miss once again next season? Well, that confidence level with every passing day and as we approach next weekend, we know next weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, over the holiday weekend, that's coaching carousel time, that, that's Jimmy Sexton's time of the year, and he's the impresario at it, and, he, and he's going to work it to his client uh, to, to their favor. And we're very concerned about losing Lane Kiffin. I, I will tell you first, right up front, though, I, I, I will not be bitter. I would I, I'd never say a bad word about him because he did Ole Miss a great job at a time that we were almost out of the football business, coming out of the NCAA cloud, coming out of the Hugh Freeze investigation and the controversies around that and how it ended for him and having to fire a, a former player that everybody universally loved uh, in, in the Ole Miss world and, and Matt Luke. But Keith Carter had the stones to do it and go out and hire Lane Kiffin when some of his most influential boosters and Ole Miss backers were telling him, be, be careful, and if he embarrasses us, you're in trouble. We hadn't embarrassed us. He uh, delivered in, in the COVID year with the Outback Bowl win and the last year to, to, to the Sugar Bowl. We got smoked for Baylor in the Sugar Bowl, but get back to another Sugar Bowl. A lot of people saying after we went and played Oklahoma State that we would never go back to another one. You know, five years later, we're, we're back in another one and now have, have this team to be out there every Tuesday night in those college football playoff rankings to be relevant. I never say a bad word to him. And personally, he has been great to me and so much fun to be around and work with. When it's football time, it's football time. And, and when it's kind of garrulous, backslapping time, he's, he's just he's a lot of fun to be around. And he, he well, along with Houston Nutt, he's been my two favorite coaches to work for Ole Miss. Ole Miss came into the season with a different offensive coordinator, different defensive coordinator. What kind of changes are there to the offense, defense? Now, with Lane Kiffin as a head coach, you wouldn't expect a lot with the offense, but maybe a couple of tweaks there. But that defense, uh, if you can tell us about some of the changes, both offensively and defensively. Chris Partridge has really really had a, a lot better material to play with on the defense than I, than, than I, than I think D.J. Durkin had in his first two years, especially that first year. There just wasn't a lot left on the defensive side personnel-wise. So I think he started out with that. But he's a tough, hard-nosed coach, kind of from the Jim Harbaugh tree. Also a third new coordinator, our special teams coordinator this year, Marty Biazzi. So we, we had three new coordinators to, to work in with, with Coach Kiffin. But Coach Kiffin, he, he runs the show. And Charlie Weiss has been really good on the offensive side. But it's Lane Kiffin's offense. It was Lane Kiffin's offense when it was Jeff Levy. But he doesn't mind giving the credit. And, and what Charlie Weiss has done, I think he, from 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 having Jackson Dart in the springtime, when he looked very iffy at the spring game, even into August camp, even into opening game, and not starting the second week of the year against Central Arkansas, and that's when Luke Altmaier got the start. I think I think Charlie Weiss and Lane Kiffin, the, the progression at quarterback, probably was a little faster than we might might have gotten it in the past. Brett, looking at just this matchup itself, I think a lot of people know about uh, Ole Miss and, and the way that they have offense going and, and their defense and everything. But as far as the matchup against Arkansas, I know a lot of it kind of hinges on the health of K.J. Jefferson and whether or not he plays. But how do you feel like just Ole, Mitch, uh, Ole Miss matches up with a team like Arkansas offensively and defensively? John, I'll go back just to fair fight. I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. If you're kind of looking at scales of justice, it just it doesn't tip 
to either saber that much. Uh, the the Ar- Arkansas personnel, while very injured, both coming out of really heartbreaking losses last week. We'll see. You know, just who, who's got something left in the tank. Arkansas plenty motivated to play to get bowl eligible. Ole Miss plenty motivated to really put a ribbon around a good year. Do you do you want it to make it a great year or just a good year? But I don't think there's any wild differences in, in, in personnel uh, for, for, for either team. Uh, there, there's a few areas for both that maybe a little more strength than the other one, but nothing, nothing wild. We know what's going to happen. It's going to be cold, rock'em, sock'em, wild game. And with a minute and a half left to play, somebody's going to get the ball on about their own 30. And if they can drive down and convert, they'll win the game. If the other side gets the stop, then that's the happy locker room. I will almost guarantee you a two- to four-point game and somewhere around that posted Vegas total of around 64. I mean, you can get ready for 35-31, 34-31, something like that. It's going to feel real good for the winner and real bad for the defeated team. When you look at this Arkansas team, what stands out to you, whether that's individual players or certain units on this team? Well, the Sanders. Uh, offense, Rocket Sanders on defense, Drew Sanders. Somebody's got to block 42, and, and somebody's got to block 10 in bumper pool. And I, 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 love, I love how Arkansas tackles, how they group tackle on the defensive side. I, 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 I wish more teams would play that hard like they do now. They've had, they've had some breakdowns, and the year's gotten long for them, but it gets long for all of us because, you know, most of us in the West just don't have that on-the-hoof personnel that Bama and LSU rolls out at you, and supposedly A&M's supposed to roll out at you. But but Rocket Sanders on offense, he's, he's going he's gonna to try to be the 150-yard back guy on, on Saturday night. Can Quinshawn Jenkins or Zach Evans match that and and then KJ Jefferson have having to take last week off. Just a tough player last year, four eleven in total offense and was, was the star of that wild game last year near his hometown. So you mentioned a couple of teams in the SEC West of like A and M and Auburn and, and, and like Alabama is not a, as good as they have been and LSU ends up winning the division, but just what's your overall take of the SEC West this year? Can you make sense out of it at all? Yeah, I, I can. It's really, really good. And I wish a lot of other conferences would have to spin around this loop for once. Like I said earlier, Ole Miss could go 10-2 and two and finish SEC 5, third in the West if they do that. Probably guaranteed to finish third in the West regardless, but even in a, in a could finish with a great year and be third. I wish every year we could go to Bloomington and to Northwestern and play the Gophers. Yeah, I mean that would be uh, be great if that ended up happening, especially considering uh, the way things have gone. But uh, it's a crazy year this year. There's no doubt about it. And I guess uh, before I let you get out of here, Brett, just real quick, man. Uh, I know you kind of mentioned it about the the points and and, and all of that, but it's going to be cold in Fayetteville. You mentioned Ole Miss hasn't won there very often. So just how do you think this game goes? Do you think Ole Miss ends up winning this game, taking care of business? Uh, how do you see it playing out? It's going to be a really hard game. If Ole Miss plays, plays well, takes care of the football, they should win the game. If they don't, Arkansas is going to win it, and then they're going to go to Columbia, and they're going to finish 7-5, and I hope come to Memphis and come to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl or go somewhere else and have a chance to win eight games in the preseason. I had Ole Miss going 8-4, and four, and in the preseason, I had them losing this game. In the preseason, I had the Razorbacks going 7-5, and five, so I'm not going to miss it too much. Yeah, it sounds like it would be pretty accurate, but, hey, we can all agree, Brett, that no matter what, 
to, on Saturday, there's going to be something insane happening in this game. It's going to end crazy. It's going to have crazy plays, maybe great performances, but it's always a lot of fun when these two teams meet. That is for sure. Well, Brett, we I think so too. If we're at, wherever we played in Memphis or in New Orleans, the Sugar Bowls or Little Rock or Fayetteville or Jackson, it's always real wild. That is true, Brett. As always, man, we really appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the game and in safe travels coming up to Fayetteville this Saturday, man. And we will be catching up with you later down the road. Thank you, guys. I'm already in Northwest Arkansas. I'm in oh. Eureka Springs at the Crescent. All right, perfectly timed. Well, enjoy yourself up there, Brett. Thank you. I will. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Thank you.